Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rob Gunther, in for Dave Smith. It's Monday, September 6th, and we're here updating whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. The International Atomic Energy Agency's report about the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is out today, and it doesn't sound great. The UN's atomic energy watchdog says it is gravely concerned about the facility in Ukraine, which is currently occupied by Russian forces. Inspectors say the site continues to be compromised, and they even witnessed shelling while they were visiting. They're urging both sides to establish an immediate ceasefire in the area to prevent a nuclear accident. Officials in Jackson, Mississippi, say water pressure is mostly restored. But even though water is coming out of the faucets, it's still not safe to drink. Residents are being told to boil water for at least a minute before drinking it or even using it to wash plates. And the city schools are resuming in-person instruction today, which means some of the distribution sites for bottled water will be displaced. Also, there's still no fixed timetable to get a critical water treatment plant back to full speed. Queen Elizabeth has now asked her 15th prime minister to form a government for the United Kingdom. Liz Truss has officially taken over from Boris Johnson after meeting the monarch at her Scotland home today. Before he left Downing Street, Johnson managed to give us one last interesting quote. Let me say that I am now like one of those booster rockets that has fulfilled its function, and I will now be gently re-entering the atmosphere and splashing down invisibly in some remote and obscure corner of the Pacific. Trust was voted for by just over half of the UK's Conservative Party, not the wider public. But there won't be much time to celebrate because she's inheriting several ongoing challenges, including an energy bill crisis. Russia is buying military weapons from North Korea. That's according to the New York Times, citing newly declassified American intelligence. And this is actually a sign that sanctions imposed on Russia are working. You see, Russia is currently blocked from buying weapons or building new ones. So it's forced to turn to other governments under heavy U.S. sanctions like North Korea and Iran. Moscow initially hoped China would offer military supplies. But so far, Beijing has respected the sanctions. Police in Canada are still searching for a primary suspect in the stabbing deaths of 10 people in Saskatchewan. Miles Samuelson's brother, Damien, who is also believed to have been involved in the stabbing attacks, has been found dead. His wounds do not appear to be self-inflicted. The two brothers are the prime suspects in a string of stabbings in an indigenous community in a nearby town. 18 others were injured. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? Just look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. So check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we play Who Wrote What? Ohio is seeing a surge in women registering to vote since the state heavily restricted abortion access. Tens of thousands have recently registered across the state, amounting to a 6.4 increase in female voters. That's according to a study by The New York Times. Now, they're not all necessarily voting blue, but Democrats see this as an opportunity to mobilize a new batch of voters. Next to Kansas, Ohio is now the second fastest growing state for new women voters. 
The investigation into alleged voting machine tampering in Georgia after the 2020 election just took a turn. New video released by The Washington Post and CNN shows former Coffee County GOP chair Kathy Latham taking pro-Trump consultants into the elections office on the day voting equipment was breached. She's already under investigation for posing as a fake elector. Other footage allegedly shows two tech consultants visiting the office twice in January 2020. They're also being investigated for tampering with voting machines in Michigan. Donald Trump's legal team scored a major win over the weekend. A federal judge granted the former president's request to have an independent special master go through all the files seized by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago. It means the Justice Department is temporarily prohibited from using any of those documents found in its criminal investigation, although an intelligence review will continue to see if any of the files jeopardize national security. Many legal experts are considering it an extraordinary ruling. If you've been feeling particularly disheartened and hopeless about the world lately, you might want to take a break from doom scrolling. A new study published in the journal Health Communication found that continuously scrolling the web for bad news is linked to poor physical and mental health. The lead researcher on the study says this can put some people in a, quote, constant state of high alert, which makes the world feel like a dark and dangerous place. Just put your phone away. Step away from the news after you're done with the refresh, obviously. So unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that the highly anticipated premiere of Don't Worry Darling, it's been an entrenched drama. The latest, it appears in a viral video that Harry Styles spat on his co-star, Chris Pine. This was at last night's Venice Film Festival premiere. It's impossible to tell whether there was actually an exchange of saliva, although I don't know, it's pretty convincing if you ask me. And you might be asking, why? What's the deal? Okay, here's a very brief recap of all the drama. There seems to have been a feud between director Olivia Wilde and the film's lead, Florence Pugh. Styles appears to be on Wilde's side, and now Chris Pine has joined the fun. He appears to be on Pugh's. Don't worry, darling, is the gift that keeps on giving. It's time to play Who Wrote What again. And this time I'm joined by our executive producer, Carrie Donahue. Hello. <laughs> I'm new to this game and I'm a little nervous, but our other producer, Frank Alito, is back to help us play. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, so last time we played, Dave and Rebecca absolutely swept. Uh, so I'm considering this week my redemption arc. So I'm coming for you both. Watch out. Bring it. Uh, so, but first, let me remind listeners how we play. In Who Wrote What? I'm going to read you an excerpt from a newsworthy person's memoir or biography. The two of you will then have 20 seconds to agree on what person wrote it. You can pause the clock at any time and ask for one clue. Bring it on, Frank. Are you ready, Carrie? I am ready. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the first excerpt. Years later, he took to calling me Mika, a variation on my middle name, Jamika. He still calls me Mika, and whenever he does, he puts me in mind of how things were between us when I was little, when I was first learning to really play. You have 20 seconds on the clock. Ready, set, go. Any idea, Carrie? Well, I mean, is there any... Ch- I don't, don't know Serena Williams' middle name, but I'm thinking about her relationship with her dad, and she's been in the news this week, and she's been killing it, uh... You have five seconds. Oh, my God. Let's pause. Let's pause. Pause. Pause the clock. Pausing. Give us a clue. <laughs> the clue is this person is a venture capitalist. You have five seconds. Venture capitalist? Well, that's also Serena Williams. Oh. Yeah. Well, th- that's what she's evolving to, right? 
Serena Williams. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's time. And your final guess is Serena Williams, and you both are correct. Woohoo! Yay! What? <laughs> last week she played in the U.S. Open, likely her last time. And earlier this month she announced she'll retire from the sport and instead focus on her family and her venture capital business. Are you both ready for the second round? Yeah. The second excerpt is... Though I was a registered Republican, I'd always been without a political home. And now, even as governor, I was still outside the favored GOP circle. Since being elected governor in 2006, though, I had managed to rack up an 88% approval rating. And though I didn't put much stock in fickle polls, I figured my administration must be doing something right. You both have 20 seconds on the clock. Ready, set, go. Okay, elected in 2006, Republican governor? I think I know this one, though. I know. Um, Carrie. Okay, I'm going to guess Sarah Palin. Yes. I go with Carrie because she's our political junkie here. You know, this was supposed to be the hard one, and I'm upset that you both got it. Yes! You know, this. <laughs> you guys are taking my redemption arc from me, and I'm trying not to be upset. <laughs> I'm trying to be the bigger person here. I had no idea I would be able to get any of these, so I'm a little bit surprised at myself right now. <laughs> So uh, Sarah Palin is the former Alaska governor, and she lost her campaign for the House of Representatives last week to a Democrat named Mary Peltola. But she's already back on the ballot for the same seat in this November's general election. So don't expect her to disappear from the spotlight just yet. So do you both have one more in you? I have one last round. Yes, I have one more win in us. Ah, Rebecca, (laughs) I don't need you to put salt in the wound. Salt and lime because I'm Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's the final excerpt. It's from a memoir published in the year 2000. Everyone I've met so far in the music business has been great. If you had told me 10 years ago that I was one day going to be hanging with Mariah, I would have called you crazy. I did this tribute with Cher, and she came up to me afterward and said, I love you, girl. Can you believe Cher is telling little old me she likes my singing? Lordy, that is just too strange. Ready? set go little me and lordy dolly parton <laughs> do you think dolly parton no could? i think dolly parton was too established by 2000 to be yeah. even that humble oh wait no pause 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 give us a clue give us a clue yeah, pause give us a clue. and give us a clue <laughs> the clue is this person was born and raised in the south you have five seconds well that's kind of redundant with the lordy but um <laughs> uh <laughs> has dolly parton been in the news lately reba has Reba been in the news? <laughs> I know, I was thinking Reba, but no, she had the... You're out of time, I need a final answer. I mean, I'm going to just say Dolly Parton, even though she was established already. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's my final, yeah. Your final answer is Dolly Parton? Yeah. Okay, so you guys didn't sweep. I got at least one round on you both. <laughs> uh, who is it? Lordy Lord? It's Britney Spears. Oh, of course. Last week was a big one for Britney. She released her first song since the end of her conservatorship. It's a duet with Elton John called Hold Me Closer. And she posted a 22-minute audio clip to YouTube talking about the abuse she suffered during the 13 years her family was in charge of her life. So that means you both won two rounds. I won one, which still means you both win. But, you know, this wasn't a complete defeat for me. That's so great. I'm so proud of you, Frank, and I'm proud of Britney. And I'm just so... I'm just delighted for us all. So, <laughs> thank you, Frank. Thank you both. But before we go, let's have Britney Spears play us off. Nights on the highway. Nights on the highway.
Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I am Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rob Gunther. Talk to you soon.